is the 911 Calls Podcast with the operator and his exact twin. Mine is being born and raised in Kentucky and his heroic military service and being born to a completely other mother, Kent Chungus. Relied on faith. So this person that's in a coma is not in the hospital. She's at home. She's at home, and she's 11. Oh, hi, Kent. Hi. Hi. How's it going? I mean, as good as it's going to right now for the next hour or so. (laughs) Have you ever heard the... Have you ever heard the the term fair to Midland? No, I have not. I, I have not. Yeah. Fair it, to Midland? Mm-hmm. Fair to Midland. Middling, Midland, Midland. Uh, yeah, it's fair to Midling is the, the, the term, and it means just average, not especially good. Yeah, I mean, I gathered that. Yeah, it's just, I don't know where we got Middling from, and it seems like an old... I wouldn't even describe myself as feeling that way right now. Would you say you're on a scale of galumph to fair to middling? Where are you at? I would say not good to fair to middling. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you could show. I'm glad you're here for this because I've got a smorgasbord of goodness for you uh, on this one. All right. All right. I got a question question for you. Do you. Hey, Kent. What? Hey, do you think, do you believe that we landed on the moon? Yes. Okay, good. I don't believe Stanley Kubrick directed the moon landing. <laughs> no, I think we landed on the moon. It's, it's kind of funny, though, don't you think, that the world is actually sort of divided on that. Like, there's enough. Yeah. As if we don't have enough. Yeah, right. To be divided on. Yeah. Um, it's weird. It's weird, like, to... It, it seems more common today than ever where as soon as somebody poses a, no, it didn't, nope, not that didn't, about anything, we have to give it air. Like suddenly, I think it's because we forget how big a mouth breathers most of us are, and yet our comments on social media are 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 taken seriously. It's, like think about that for a second. Think about like... Walk through a Walmart and look at everyone that's in the Walmart and then imagine those are the people that leave comments on a post that you made on Facebook. And suddenly, do you do you take any of it seriously anymore? No. <laughs> no. I never did anyway. So. <laughs> that's funny. I don't, I don't like I don't like like interacting with people that deal in absolutes. Yeah. Like there's no way for me to know one million percent sure that we ever landed on the moon, right? Right. So I believe we landed on the moon, but if somebody, if the government was like, by the way, we never landed on the moon, I would be like, huh, well, I'll be damned. I'll be damned. Didn't <laughs> land on the moon. Yeah. yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like, and it's the same way with death, like what happens after we die uh, with people that are both religious and atheists mm-hmm. when they're like, nothing happens after we die. You're just dead. And then you rot and nothing happens. Right. Or on the other side, we go to heaven or we go to hell and we do judgment. I can tell you exactly what happens when we die. Right. Both of those people 
You don't know. You never died. <laughs> right. So for you to deal in absolutes and be like, I know for a fact, then you're you're full of yourself. Yeah. Because you don't I've never died, so I don't know what happens. I think maybe that, everything happens, maybe nothing happens. Yeah, it's true. I think there are certain things where um and I think this is where religion gets thrown th- gets confused often is uh re- religion is sort of like a college level math uh professor trying to tell a group full of third graders that statistics or or you know some kind of advanced math is a beautiful language it's like there there's and i'm not demeaning people that don't believe in religion but what i mean by that is for that guy he 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 thinks it's beautiful he thinks it's amazing but yeah, and that's great and he, that's great. But he can't take that knowledge and just like go bloop and hand it off to somebody. It's it it's experiential. And that's that's the other thing. Like all the people that um that don't think that there's something on the other end, I honestly I've been knocked out before where I'm still I'm knocked out completely. But everything's black and all I feel is peace. <laughs> and it feels like there's nothing going on, you yeah. know? And so I, I could I could see where some people that are like, no, yeah, no, I, I was under the knife or I, I got hit by a car and yeah, nothing's going on on the other side. You know, I, I, you can't take that away from them because... But even if that's like what happens yeah. when we die, is it really that scary? Is that that scary? No. Like what year were you born up? 75. Do you remember what 1968 was like? No. <laughs> Good point. Was it, was, so was it scary? No. Exactly. Well, see, and that I I agree with you. I think that's that's kind of you the were crazy. Dead. We're so stuck in this world that we think anything other than this world is going to be terrible. But most likely, whatever ends up happening, we're going to be just cool with it because it's going to be okay. Yeah. Either way. A. a what are you going to do about it? And B, nothing. You need to accept it. Yeah, it's coming, Jack. I've heard from some people that uh, where was I? I was just reading this the other day, and this person was like, "I was, I was looking down at my body." Um, they were having like a you know some kind of a out of body experience or whatever, and they were like, "And it and my body just seemed heavy and depressing." And I was like, "Yeah, you think about it, like." I'm sure most of us, whatever happens on the other side, we're going to be like, oh, good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just uh, shake this it, mortal coil. Yeah. It's going yeah. to be a trip. Um, here's the, I here's imagine. A, I mean, think of, I don't know what percentage of body fat you're running right now. <laughs> Too much. But uh, <laughs> I'm running. I'm not running lean. <laughs> I'll tell you that. And I know that if I get to, if there is a spiritual part where I leave this, meat tank <laughs> i'm gonna feel a lot of my feet yeah or lack thereof i don't know about you but i'm currently at the weight where my body defies gravity and physics when i go down the stairs too fast like parts of me go the opposite direction as my my the rest of my hulking mass goes down yeah that's uncomfortable now you live i know you live in a two-story house I, yeah i do as well mm. how bad because for me going down the steps first thing in the morning is a grueling task. Yeah. The knees, the yep. ankles. I mean, after I've been up and down about three or four times, I'm good for the rest mm-hmm. of the day. But that first time, it's like I stand at the top of the steps and I just go like, 
<laughs> and then I go down them like my three-year-old. And I don't know why my three-year-old is terrified to use both of her feet at the same time going. I choose one leg. Okay, this is the one that I step down with. The other one is playing clutch. So, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it, stairs have become one of those things where like I just revel in the past days where I was younger and fearless and just walk downstairs, but not anymore. I'm like thinking about it the whole time I walk yeah. downstairs. <laughs> uh, it's very precarious the life we live as we get older. Um, oh, okay. Here's here's a funny statistic. So nineteen thousand four hundred people in uh, throughout twenty seven countries. Uh, were found to that a majority of those people in all but two countries feel that their society in their country is divided. Uh, this is wild. Almost everybody in Serbia at 93% believes that the country is divided. Uh, they are followed closely by Argentina at 92%, uh, Chile and Peru both at 90%, and Italy at 89% of their people feel that the country is divided. 84% of Americans believe the United States is divided. I think that's funny because statistically, barely anybody seems to be divided on the fact that everybody's divided. divided. Yeah. yeah. Ironically, we all seem to be standing together on this one. Let's rally behind that. <laughs> it's something we can all believe in. <laughs> oh, man, it's funny. But if you think we are divided, you should check out the USA just after the Revolutionary War. Did you know that when the war ended back in 1770-something or 1780-something or the 1700s, uh, the war was about eight years long, by the way. It was not not an over and done thing very quickly. Uh, but did you know that when the war ended, everybody went home and most people, uh, there were many people that still sided with the British. And, and so for years you had weird transitions with your neighbors. You know, it was, it was, I guess the closest thing we might know today, you know, the big history things is like Germany. You know, you go back home and your neighbor might still be a Nazi, you know? Just because they lost doesn't mean they're like, nope, um, nope, I'm changing my ideology. I mean, you went home and, and these there were still hard margins, you know, straight down the That makes the 4th of July weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got, got all the neighborhood cookout. <laughs> you got all and your people... neighbor's like, I wish you couldn't celebrate this holiday. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Half but of the I'll world's have a hot dog. <laughs> Reluctantly I'm gonna eat it. eat it angrily, though. <laughs> oh, um, so that that's interesting. Oh, okay. So, br- the British culture obviously was imbued in in the country early on, and then far after that, this is an interesting thing. So, there were people back then, formerly titled gentlemen, under British standards, and Brit- Br- gentlemen never worked a day in their lives due to that title and just whatever came with it. And so after the revolution uh, came and went, these guys all had to figure out how to become like workers with actual jobs because we were moving on from like British culture and the way that they did things and everything. So much went out in the window. It was, it was crazy. Also, this is interesting. We, we kind of think that, you know, we won 
and then everything just kind of was set in place like like we see it today or you know it evolved um but that it's pretty familiar to what we had no it it wasn't until 1787 which was about 12 years after our independence that we actually created a new constitution written by the states where the states each agreed to give up their own sovereignty because before this Every state was kind of on its own. You had states printing their own kind of money, banks like running with money that was just from that state. You had millionaires that were just from that state and they had gobs and gobs of money that was printed by that state, but it couldn't be used in another state. It was super weird. Uh, Every state had its own military. It was just like countries. Every state was its own country. Yeah. And if you go back and you look at that, you're like, man, that was really precarious. I mean, if you look in the history, like we barely won that war. There were a couple really big points, pivotal points where we're like, boy, if that didn't happen, things would have been very different. And then if you look at that, all the all the states at the time or colonies or whatever, they they were literally little countries. And it took this like revised constitution for everybody to say, okay. We're going to be under the same banner, no more state money. So overnight, you had millionaires in some states that just went broke because suddenly all of their money was funny money. It was just monopoly money, you know, by the next morning. Total poop show. Oh, it'd be a fly on the wall. (laughs) That would have been funny. (laughs) Now we're all poor. Yeah. (laughs) How about that? (laughs) Thanks, Obama. You're Scrooge McDuckin' and shit now. Doesn't mean anything. <laughs> you think you think the I did that sticker <laughs> is a big thing now. You should go back and see what the stickers looked like next to George Washington's face. Oh. All right. Well, okay, today we're getting in the crime machine and heading back to the Wisconsin of the March twenty third, two thousand eight. Oh wow. Because I thought, you know, the this thirty minute opening. That we just did. I thought maybe we would have uh, a call maybe from like even the 70s <laughs> or the 80s. But no, we're in the 2000s. Yeah, and I can't imagine that all the conversation that we just have had just had can even be relevant to a call that came from 2008. <laughs> well, well, it, 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 it sort of is because what we're going to nah. cover. <laughs> no, just stop. <laughs> it's a stretch, but. I think I think we're going to f- cover something that where everybody's divided. <laughs> I feel like sometimes I feel like sometimes you come in with like, you know, I'd kind of like to talk about the revolutionary war today. <laughs> and then you f- somehow like whittle this very thin connective tissue <laughs> to a call from fucking 2008 to the revolutionary war. You may be correct. <laughs> You're like, ah, God, you know, I really well, I watched Jurassic Park the other day, and the way they did those T-Rexes, it's, I'd really like to talk about Tyrannosaurus Rex. But I'm light on 911 calls from that So period. I'm going to whittle somehow this call about a woman that's just suffocated her children in the bathtub. Surely I can make this about a Tyrannosaurus Rex somehow. <laughs> 
I'm excited. Let's start this call. Okay. All right. We're I'm almost... not even going to say daddy because I'm pissed <laughs> off right now. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little upset. That was 30 minutes. I could have been with my kids. <laughs> oh, my. My cheeks hurt. My eyes are watering. Oh, all right. Okay. I'll get I'll get to the call. Here we go. <clears throat> yeah, thank there. you. Okay, crime machine. 2008. That's when this call. I just want the listener. 2008. We just talked about the Revolutionary War for 20 minutes. So go ahead and you hit play. Okay. We're in Wisconsin, 2008. Here's something funny. Remember when the United States was a bunch of different countries 250 years ago? Because that's what this whole call is. That's what that's about, this call. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna see the correlation. I promise. I'm not, but okay. <laughs> All right. But she, is she accidentally mentioned it in passing? <laughs> She's like talking like I was just killed. I stabbed my children in the eyes. By the way, did you know the Revolutionary War? How fucking how? <laughs> You'll see. You'll see. No, I won't. <laughs> exciting when i first googled facts about weston wisconsin which is where we're heading yeah (laughs) the google results this is funny brought up a bunch of those like quick question answer options where where you you just drop the box and it answers the question yeah it opens up for you so the question of the first one is is weston wisconsin a good place to live and when you click to see the answer it just said nope (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, I, and I don't know if it's anything like Baraboo, <laughs> but if it is, I will agree with that a million percent. What's so, funny, so I recorded a video of the answer and like opening the box so people didn't think I like photoshopped it or anything. Uh, I got a chortle out of that for sure. And then uh, I came back and was looking more actual information and that, that answer had changed from nope to actual boring normal information about Weston, Wisconsin. So it was like somebody Wikipedia did, or I don't know. I didn't know that actual humans can change information about cities like that, but makes me want to go change up a couple cities' uh, descriptions if it works like that. Just push the button, please. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I guess I have some more script. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, contra- going back to the Holocaust. <laughs> Contrary to the nope comment, Western Wisconsin actually looks like a pretty good place to live. It's actually considered a village in the county of Marathon, not to be confused with the running race called Marathon, which is where a man agrees to go shopping with his wife for date night and ends up sleeping near seven dressing rooms and then has a decent meal at Applebee's. (sighs) Yeah, common misconception. Yeah. This county is made up of villages, and Weston is one of them. Last census in 2010 put the population of Weston at around 14,000 villagers, which I'm sure what they, they call each other. Um, as in many towns in the USA, there lives a guy named Dale Newman, and his quite less common um, in most towns, a woman, his wife, named Leilani Newman. I was actually curious at this point to see how many Leilani Newmans there were in the U.S., so I did a background check and actually found four. 
Four. Mm. So, you know, four out of 329.5 million, pretty, pretty rare. So, I would have guessed seven. I know. I was thinking seven, too. I think everybody was. Hard hitting stuff. <laughs> I'm having a hard time breathing because I've been laughing so hard. Um, all right. So, also, though, pretty rare, other than just her name, was their religious faith. See, we're, we're getting to. We're getting to divisive. Can you see where I'm going with this now? Nope. Okay. <laughs> but you can keep trying. Okay. Religious faith stemming from other members, uh, <clears throat> stemming from other religions that believe strictly in what's called faith healing, but not professing to be specific members of any particular religion, Dale and Leilani, or Delani. Um, for short, came up with their own interpretation of the Bible, which is full of contradictions in and of itself, and thus everybody interprets it different, and thus you get a bunch of religions out of it. But their interpretation of things was that, and I'm paraphrasing here, but that having faith that you would simply be healed if you are faithful enough and sinless enough is preferred to putting your faith in the hands of doctors. Um, mm. well, yeah. I wonder if cancer feels the same way. <laughs> so <laughs> they were loosely associated with the church called the Unleavened Bread Ministries, a little known church that also shuns modern medicine in favor of prayer. Mm. I wonder if churches like that keep like a track record of wins versus losses when it comes to people. I wonder faith. what their, how, <laughs> yeah. I wonder what their insurance is like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You imagine how liable to avoid lawsuits. <laughs> yeah, wonder like snake snake handler churches. Like I can't even believe they'd be insured. Like I don't know how that could even be possible. How many people on in hospice on their deathbed have been like <laughs> didn't work? Well, that was bullshit. I'll <laughs> <laughs> should have went to a doctor. <laughs> I could see how, like, if you had a lot of wins in the faith healing category, that'd be good for business, like good yeah, marketing. Yeah, but I would say the—I mean, they're probably pushing—I'd say they're two—if I had to guess their, their wins to losses record, it's probably like three to 2.7 million. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, I, if you got faith, that's fantastic. I just think that you should mix that with modern medicine. I agree. I agree. I, I, think, I think it's hard to explain—the the bummer of it all is— um, you you pick any kind of belief, build any kind of ideology around anything, and you can find followers. You know, you'll you'll you can you know find the most hardcore racist you can find, and he'll have followers. Find the most yeah. hardcore, you know, anything oil painter, and that person will have followers. People listen to this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's proof. Exactly. You just talked about the Revolutionary War for 25 minutes. I know. And people are still probably listening right now. It, the, 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 thing, the thing that frustrates, not frustrates me, but the thing that uh, I find that I struggle with with this is faith is like a really, it's, it's a very slippery slope because it's self-defeating just to criticize faith. So, so in other words, being critical of someone else's faith in and of itself, even when that individual's faith seems like anathema to others or totally out there, doubtful, dubious, whatever, you having 
you having doubts in their faith often often just fuels their faith in faith. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the moment you start doubting that they're like, well, that just redoubled my my faith and my abilities. So when you then you mix faith with the law, and things get really awkward sometimes. You know, but between you know between that between that little fact. And like I said, I come from a very religious family, mm. and I may die a Baptist or a Christian or a Muslim, or but I don't know how I'm going to die. I'm very open-minded. I may die an atheist. I don't know. But with what you just said, on top of the fact that uh, for religions, just questioning the existence is a sin, that's a pretty good business model. I was going to say, it's almost bulletproof. It's like that's a pretty so- good business model for... For a church. Yeah. Well, why did she die? Well, because you didn't have enough faith. Or why did she die? Well, she probably wasn't sinless. You know, she didn't work mm. hard enough. You know, it's always your fault. Yeah. yeah everything it, is your fault. It's like the self-help book. Well, it's never the self-help book's fault because you just didn't follow it close enough. That's the problem. It wasn't the, you know, you're the one with the flaws, not the book. This got me thinking, though, There, there's an app that I used to have on my phone called Fancy. And Fancy is just chock full of, like, crazy stuff that you can buy. You said it was a book? No, it's an app. Oh, I was going to say, I thought it was just an app that showed you the lyrics to that Reba McIntyre song. (laughs) Yeah. That's all it was. (laughs) Might have been born just plain white trash. Fancy was my name. It's an expensive app, too. (laughs) $7 just. But it plays... It shows the lyrics in real time. You can just turn on fancy just going down the road and the app kicks kicks yeah. on and then starts showing you the lyrics. It's, it's good. literally live streams Reba all the time. Like she's only that all, song. Yeah. That's how she makes her money now. She just waits for people to get on the app and then she sings it. Um no, but fancy uh was like if you download it, I don't even know if it's still out there, but it used to be where you just you're scrolling forever, but you're scrolling through the most bananas, bizarre, like first world products you could ever find. For example, on Fancy, I found a pair of blue suede shoes that some shoemaker made, selling them for eleven thousand dollars, and it got me thinking. I was like, "There's always somebody, you know, who like." He made that. There is someone who is bored enough, has enough money, you know, is in between purchasing watches or Ferraris or whatever, and is going to buy those $11,000 blue suede shoes. You know, it got me thinking, like, there's always a sucker somewhere. Yeah. So that'll buy it because of the price tag. You're right. Yeah. They literally could be hush puppy shoes from, like, you know, the bargain bin. But you put a price tag on them, and there's going to be some Shaw from, you know, Egypt that <laughs> just has to have them. It's like these jackasses that wear that Supreme stuff. Yeah. Old white t-shirts, like $250. You idiot. Yeah, it's a cotton t-shirt. I get mad t-shirt. just thinking about how stupid that is. Seriously. But then, you know, I think about, like, all the things that I might purchase or have that people are like, that is the dumbest thing, like the Superban. So, you know. I bought a piece of the Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, the Challenger. The Challenger. And and that that actually is a real spaceship, so that's impressive. One of the most interesting things about the Challenger, didn't have to leave the ground to get pieces of it. <laughs> Jeez. 
I'm just going to move on to this next part of my script. We're almost to the call. All right. No, uh, we're not. Yeah. We still got to talk about <laughs> World War One. <laughs> That's after the call. <clears throat> All right. Well, a statement posted on the Unleavened Bread Ministries website by the founder, David Eels, said that the Newmans, in this case, Dale and Lilani, contacted, quote, contacted one of our elders to ask that I call them to pray for their daughter. Why, why you might ask, were they contacted to pray for their daughter? Well, let's jump in the call number one of this story and find out, shall we? Yeah. You ready for me to hit play on this? I've been ready, man. <laughs> oh, my God. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> no, it's not. And that's the problem. <laughs> Everything we just went through was just foreplay for this. So <laughs> here we go. Mm. Sure, Superman John. Hi. Um, I called a little while ago. I believe I talked to you, Stacy. Um, my, hold on. Um, my my sister-in-law is, um, her daughter is severely, severely sick, and we believe now she told us that she believes her, her daughter is in a, in a coma, and she's very religious, so she's refusing to take her to the hospital. So um, I, I was hoping maybe somebody could go over there. Let me all over again. Since I don't know what you talked about with Stacy, you're going to have to okay. tell me everything. You're reporting okay. what? Keep it simple for me if you can. Oh, sorry. Um, my sister-in-law, um, she's very religious. She doesn't. She she believes in faith instead of doctors. And she called my mother-in-law today, and we're all in California. And she explained to us that she believes her daughter's in a coma now, and she's relying on faith. So this person that's in a coma is not in the hospital. She's at home. She's at home, and she's 11. So what we don't know for her, she told us she believes she's in a coma. So um, I got the address finally. So. What's the address? It is 9807 Maplewood Drive. Town of Weston? Yes. Are you going over there? Have I gone over? I'm, I'm in California. Oh, okay. What is your name? My name is Ariel. Ariel what? Gomez. A-R-I-E-L? A-R-I-E-L, yes. So you want me to send an ambulance over there, right? Uh, please. I mean, I don't. She's refusing. She's she's gonna fight it. So I, I don't. I don't know what. I mean, she's gonna fight. She's gonna fight it because she. We we've been trying to get her to take her to the hospital for a week. Well, a week, a few days now. So I'll get somebody going. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye. Okay. Now hold on. Yeah. Hold on a minute. Yeah. So I'm tracking what's going on here. Crazy mom doesn't want to take her 11 year old. To the hospital, she needs to see a doctor. Mm. Uh, family members stepping in here, being like, "Hey, we need medical professionals over here." But in that entire call, nobody ever, even one time, brought up the fact that this has nothing to do with the Revolutionary War <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. Consider this: that there's a part two. To the call, and that's not going to have anything to do with it either. So what? just it might just push play. It does push it. Push play. Okay. All right. So in that call, oh for God's sakes, <laughs> things get a little sticky here. So I, I don't know if you know this, but each state handles things a bit differently when it comes to 
faith healing or you know yeah. that that belief. So there's actually a federal clause, so that means we're all kind of under this clause attached to the First Amendment called the Free Exercise Clause. And and often in these cases, it's asserted that the free exercise clause prohibits government discrimination based on religion, uh, and it should also protect you from prosecution when practicing a religion. But almost all courts reject this argument because when people violate laws because of their religious beliefs, the free exercise clause, as interpreted by the U.S. Supreme Court, offers only very limited protection. So basically, you can do and say whatever you want, but like in most other circumstances, you're also exposed to the consequences of your actions. If it's found that you have violated a law in the course of practicing your religion, then the law has something to say about that. So yeah, you can't like shoot up a, 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 a bank, take the money and then be like, well, God, that's that's I'm in this yeah. new religion and that's what we do. Right. And that, you know, how many serial killers and how many, you know, crazy people have we seen that, you know, try to invoke the word, the, in the name of God or somebody like that in their crime. And, and so, yeah, I mean, the law, the law has patience for hearing things out, but oftentimes walks softly and carries a big stick. So, um, so in this case, Things have been teed up by a loved one, first-time caller, long-time worrier from California. It's also interesting that this call was even recorded. I'm guessing that maybe she called 911 in California and they patched her through to Wisconsin dispatch because if she just called the police station, odds are that this call wouldn't have ever been recorded. Uh, but here's a fun fact. Guess what was also recorded between March of 2008 and our day here in 2022? What was recorded between yeah, then and now? Between then and now. Oh, so much news coverage about COVID-19. <laughs> That's true. All of that coverage, plus this ad. Oh, I hate you. I hate you so much. I <laughs> gotcha. All right. Anyway, we'll now fast forward to the second call, which takes place at the home of Dale and Leilani, where things with their 11-year-old daughter have escalated, and not because their family member called from California. Nope. Things escalated all on their own, as nature is prone to do when diabetes rages out of control due to mismanagement like a California forest fire. That was a double backhand. See where I simultaneously am critical of Dale and Leilani's management of their child's obvious diabetes and California's woeful track record of forest management mm -hmm. of the past several decades, leading to some of the worst forest fires ever recorded since the Younger Dryas period ravaged the oh, North American continent. Oh, yes. 12,800 years ago. <laughs> and that was a backhanded comparison of California's history of forest fires where I compare them to a period at the end of the last ice age where the North American continent was I'm simultaneously as long as I can. I'm trying so hard ravaged by flooding from the melting of the two mile high glaciers and fires caused by meteor explosions. Fun fact, you know, and share 9% of the earth's vegetation was on fire during that period. <laughs> it's kind of funny again. I'm back to happy. Okay, good. <laughs> you know how in Coraline, have you ever seen Coraline? Yeah, creepy. You know how she walks out around the world? Yeah, yeah. And then she comes back. That's kind of <laughs> what I did. I like left the house. I walked around. I was really pissed off. I was ready to put my headphones down and just walk away. But now I'm back to, this is kind of funny again. Thank you. 
Oh, I'm two steps off the front porch, though. Okay. Again, I just All want right. you to know. I'm, I'll reel you back in. I, I realize it's a bit of an overstatement for me to compare the the younger, driest period to how bad California's forest fires forest fires are. But I'm trying to make. I'll a just point. play the second call. <laughs> anyway, yeah, like you said, the 11 year old has diabetes, <laughs> and forest fires are bad, and she doesn't need prayers. She needs a Snickers bar. <laughs> All right. Here we go. You ready? I've been for 45 minutes. I've been ready. Yeah. Here here we go. Hello? We have an ambulance, a fire department, and an officer responding to your place. You need something? A girl who's not bleeding. Okay. Do you know how to do CPR? I'm sorry? Do you know how to do CPR, sir? Did you get the address? Yes. 9807 correct? Yes. Okay. How to do CPR, sir. Okay. Hello? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Do you know how to do CPR? Okay. I don't know. Nobody in here is doing it. Nobody in here is doing it. Can 90, uh, anybody? 9807 Maplewood Drive, correct? Okay, yes. Okay, we have an ambulance and okay. uh, several people heading to your place. Thank you. Several people heading here. Several people. Okay, thank you. Yes, do you, do you want to try to do CPR on her? Uh-huh. Okay, tell me. Okay. Lie her flat on her back and position her head up so her airway is open, okay? Okay. First, put your face by her nose and make sure that she's breathing, that she's not breathing. You know, for sure that she's not breathing. Okay. Put your face by her nose, make sure she's breathing, okay? Is she breathing? Oh, no, he said something about maybe not. Okay. Just, just, you, you need to just calm down and okay. breathe, okay? Okay. Now, now, just feel by her nose and see if she's breathing. Okay, yeah, you're feel the air. Okay. Is she breathing? Is she breathing? She's breathing. No. No, she's not. Oh, my. Okay. No, she did. She did. She did. She's not breathing. She's not breathing, right? No, I have to. She's not. But she seems to be breathing. Okay. What I want you to do is tilt her head back. Tilt her head back. Tilt her head back. Okay. Can you hear that? Tilt her head back. Get her head back. Get her head back. Get her head back. Get her head back. Tilt 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 her head back. Are you there? Yep. Can you... Okay. <laughs> did you try? Did you try putting two breaths into her? Do what? Do, do what? I'm sorry. Okay. Did you try blowing two breaths into her mouth? Okay. Okay. Blow into her mouth. Blow into her mouth. Okay. They are. They are. They are. And, and then let me know if you get any breath from it. If you. Did you get any more? Did you get any what? Let me know if she starts breathing again, okay? Okay. Okay. Did you try the two breaths? <laughs> Is she's breathing now? No. Okay. Oh. You need to tell me what. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Try to calm down, okay? Okay. Is, did she did she respond to the breath at all? No, no, no. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, did she respond to the breath? Did she respond? Okay. No, I don't think so. Okay. What I want you to do is she's lying flat on her back. Yes, she's flat on her back. 
So, I don't know if the little girl died or not, but if she did, I really hope these two parents were charged with manslaughter and are both in prison now. Well, let's dig into that. First of all, a couple... Before you... Yeah. Is that the last call? That's the last... Yeah, that's the last call. So, I'm kind of excited to hear how this um, goes back to the Revolutionary War (laughs) 250 years ago. A little girl... um, having a diabetes attack, and I want to see you try to climb out of this. All right, so I'll give that to you right now. How, what are you, how are you feeling about faith healing? I've never been a fan of it. Yeah. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> so uh, we're kind of, you know, the world's divided on that. So that's my, that's my point, society. That's the, so that was the connective <laughs> tissue. That was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty, pretty good, huh? No. Yeah. <laughs> Does so, the girl die? Okay. I'm done. Let's just, <laughs> here we go. There's a little bit of a breakdown. So I I believe that was Dale on the call f- first uh, when when they first called nine one one. I'm wondering if they had to have like an atheist do the CPR because he he didn't he seemed like he was just kicking the can down the road when they asked him to do CPR. He he got off yeah. the phone pretty quick. And I don't Meanwhile, know. Dad standing there going, "Well, that's not going to work." and i don't think i mean just from the wording i don't think that was leilani on the phone next because when he said is anybody doing cpr that person said no one here is doing it they're not doing it and so i kind of feel like this was like someone else also it sounded like they might have been having this whole incident play out like at a like a uh, Chuck sanctu- cheese? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it sounds ch- like everybody in the house also has Tourette's syndrome. Yeah, it was like a, it was like Chuck E. Cheese or like a wolf sanctuary, or I'm not sure, but there was a lot going on. A pet smart <laughs> could have been. I did. I think I heard like how, howling at one point on that call, and I'm not and sure. Random if, screams. <laughs> not sure if there was a Ferris wheel also in the background, but. Also, another thing, when you're giving CPR instructions, maybe don't go silent during your instructions. He's like, all right, we're going to tell you how to breathe. And she's like, okay, okay, I did that. You there? Like, where'd he go? For like five seconds, he was just gone. He was texting somebody. (laughs) (laughs) I think what he was texting, because I'm pretty sure he got everything backward, is I don't know why he started with breaths. Because He seems a little upset with these people. because. He has the background on what's going on here. I think he hates them. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, cause he, yeah. Because also, I don't know about the breaths. Like, I know breaths have come and gone with CPR, but compressions have always been there. So maybe he was doing the breaths at first to see if like she responded. Because if she's breathing and you try blow, blowing into her lungs, she's probably gonna, you know, cough or something. Yeah. So I don't know why he did that, but he started, but he never got to compressions, never got there. So I don't really know how that was helpful. 
Anyway, okay, moving on. This situation thrust the Newmans into the public spotlight in 2008 when their daughter, Madeline Kara Newman, also known as Kara, died from what Ugh. was yeah, from what was determined after the fact to be a very treatable form of diabetes. Yeah. Yeah. So an late- apple. <laughs> like you said Snickers bar. Um Leilani Newman was found guilty of second-degree reckless homicide on May twenty-second, two 2009. And in a separate trial, Dane, Dale Newman was found guilty of the same charge on August first, two 2009. On October 6, 2009, the Newmans were—okay, get this. The Newmans were sentenced to six months in jail to be served a month at a time for six years— that's just camp. I yeah, exactly. I don't even understand that. It's like how I don't know. I don't. That's I almost don't, fun. I don't understand it. It's like I, I do not. I've never heard of a sentencing like that. They also got ten years of probation. I don't know probation from what for. Like they still got all of the rest of their kids, you know. And they also got hundred twenty hours of community service. Again, I don't know who's laying down this 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 punishment, but it is weird. Um, the sentencing, though, in this case, wasn't the end of the protracted legal battle that they had. The Newmans appealed their sentencing with the Wisconsin Supreme Court, which in a six to one decision upheld the original sentencing on July 3rd, 2013, one day before July 4th, which is Independence Day. <laughs> See, more than one connection to the... Yeah, I mean, yeah, but not uh, really. Not, <laughs> maybe. Depends on how you're looking at it. The U.S. Supreme Court declined to rule on the case in 2013, so their sentencing was, uh, was maintained. They had, to, they had to do the thing. Um, they've, they've since finished their sentences and have tried to get back to normal life by opening a series of coffee shops over the years. I am unaware if there currently is a coffee shop that is open, that is owned and operated by them. The last one that they opened called Foxy's Craft and Bean is listed on Yelp as open today, but Yelpers have reported the location is permanently closed. So I don't know what came after their coffee shop. I know their daughter died from somebody's failed faith, apparently, and they got a really odd sentence in this case brought me a lot of frustration. It was weird because when you ordered at the coffee shop, you didn't actually speak to anyone. You just walked in, sat down, and you had to pray for the coffee. Yeah. (laughs) And you didn't need money. You just had faith that it would be paid for. Yeah. And that's Uh, not a good business model. No. No. And see, that's, see, that's, that is my frustration with this is, is it, it, to me, it seems to be an abuse of something that is so personal and so individual that it, it, they're they're running the risk of they're they're trying to use something that should be indisputable like someone's faith should can't really be argued but no. in this case they're treading on legal you know matters and the, and so what what ends up happening in a case like this is you can have all the faith you want and then 
after the fact, people look at the whole course of what ended up happening, like your daughter had diabetes and you never knew it because you literally said we never even knew she had it. Well, that's because you never got her proper treatment, which means you were not caring for your child properly, which they can start neglect. Yeah, exactly. So they start connecting dots all over the place and they're like, okay, well, here's where you violated the law. Here's where you violated the law. So your faith and the defense of your faith is not in question. It's all of the dumb things you did around that where you are either skirting, avoiding, or literally violating the law. So uh, that's that's a really... It, th- this case and one other case have really since then thrown faith healing into like a whole questionable camp. And oh, uh, was it not before? <laughs> well, that's this. the thing. Once again, like <laughs> was there with, a lot of science there supporting was, faith? There wasn't a lot of science, <laughs> but there was a lot of law that you know people were just like more absolute about it. But there was this case, and then there was another one in Oregon where more states started to take a more critical look at okay. You know, we can't just have people ignoring their children's needs as a response to what, they, what they've determined is their faith. And I say that as a person of faith, that that's a slippery slope to, to try to follow if you're going to try that toe that line. So, I don't know. Personally, I, I feel like everybody has agency, but we also have accountability. So, And, and to your point, like, I, I think— Personally, I think that things like doctors and science and medicine, those are God-given. Like, that that's stuff that's given to us to help. So it's, I feel like it's more of a slap in God's face to ignore those things that he's helped to advance if you're— Yeah, you know, I mean, why not look at it like as doctors are tools of God? Yeah. You know, anything but this. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the thing, I you know— the other, the funny, I always chuckle when somebody's like, no, I take the Bible literally because the Bible itself conflicts the Bible itself. I can, you know, there's, there's a, just Google that sometime. Just be like conflicts or, you know, contradictions, contradictions in the Bible. And, you know, the first three pages of Google will fill your head on that. Not that that should shake anybody's faith, but I, what that, what that should say is that you need to use your brain and if you're going to be a faithful person, then yeah. you need to kind of— The put- Bible also says that one man fit two of every species of animal on earth into on one a boat. boat. <laughs> yeah. And nobody ate anybody. <laughs> yeah, there's some mysterious stuff going on in there. There's a dude who ran away from a city with his wife and his two daughters, and they were commanded to not look back at the city. They just were supposed to run away. And his wife turned around and looked at the city and turned into a pillar of salt. Yeah. And then the husband and the daughters got a little bit further, and they they hid, and then, then they were like, crap, what are we going to do now? And they were like, I guess we should have sex with dad. That's yeah. that's in the Bible. <laughs> so my favorite story. <laughs> such a such an interesting book. Then there's that one where the king is like, "I wish you two broads had shut the hell up. Let me just cut this baby in half." <laughs> yeah, we laugh about it now. <laughs> Solomon wasn't it? Wasn't that King Solomon? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he was like, "Well, this will this will this will find out who's telling the truth." Where did Noah fit all the feed? 
or all the excrement because that boat was pretty what about sealed the water? up. Yeah. Yeah, lots of questions. I have lots of questions about lots of Do you of know things. how big a boat would have to be to fit two of every species of animal on Earth on it? Well, okay, just consider this, too. Like, what we have in the Bible is more or less each book was written by a different guy. You know, that's why they're named such. Yeah. But think about this. Like, think about in the last 2,000-some-odd years, how many— other people wrote stuff, historical records and everything, and that like none of that. If for most, for a lot of religions, none of that, none of that counts. It's it's very interesting to me. Yeah, what know? was the cutoff point? Yeah, where somebody was like, okay, we're not putting anything else in the Bible. That'd be like you and me going to war and us both keeping journals, and then there's another guy from the other side that keeps a journal. And then we all finish the war, and they only pick one of our journals as as actual credible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, your life experiences don't matter. <laughs> you know what would be crazier is if me and you went to war, and then 250 years from now, somebody did a podcast, and they talked about it, me and you going to war, <laughs> and the podcast have anything to do with the war that me and you had. <laughs> I see what you're doing there. Oh, you, yeah, you might be right, but I just feel like I feel like there's a strong connection between people being divided on a topic. So that's what I was going for there. So use any situ. Oh, there's a million examples <laughs> past ten years. <laughs> I'm a history buff. What can I say? Uh, also, it just dawned on me that most of the time, if I open my big dumb mouth on this show about anything, I'm like making liberals mad. I might have just said them some things that really make a bunch of Christians mad about yeah, the Bible. This is, not so. good. this is not the ideal episode for the Christian conservative. I just can't open my mouth about anything. Anyway, um, I do have a happy ending, though. Mm-hmm. Would you... <laughs> And it has nothing to do with the Revolutionary War. Yet. <laughs> You're going to love it. You're going to love no, it. No, I'm not. Okay, uh, here's, a, here's a quiz. I'm going to title this happy ending, Knocked Up and Breathless. Can you guess what it's about? A pregnant woman that's suffocating in a car. Okay, let's push play and see if you're right. Ready? Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Uh. Oh. Hello. Wrong one. Oh, no. Sorry, hold on. Wrong call. This one here. Push a button. Okay. All right. Now we're back. We're back in business. Okay, here we go. Here Top here. 100 true crime podcasts. <laughs> right here. Worldwide. <laughs> Just for the production value alone, I believe. That's what it, the writing, journalistic integrity, all that. All right, here we go. Carl, are you through to Cleveland, please? Can you hear me? Is that you telling me you can hear me? Okay, I'm going to take the banging as a yes. So, do you require police? Are you hurt in any way? So just to confirm, bang again, 
Are you hurt? It, bang again if you are. Can you confirm this? And bang again if you need an ambulance. Okay. Bear with someone there for you, okay? Is there somebody there? Okay. Are you on your own? Right, okay. Need to know, is it your breathing? Are you breathing okay? Bang if it's a yes. Right. Am I right in saying that you're struggling with your breathing? Okay. Can you not talk? Uh, right, okay. Filthy <laughs> talking. Just say one for yes, two for no. That's okay. what I'm saying. Stay on the line for me, okay? I'm just going to make some notes and get enough of the Oh, my God. This is... I'm, like, shaking. From your breathing, do you have any other injuries? One for yes, two for no. Own. Are you on the floor? Okay, you're not. Are you in bed? You're in bed. Okay. Let you know I've rang an ambulance, okay? We'll get somebody there for you, all right? Okay, just stay there and we, well, we will be with you soon. Can you bang again for oh yes? Oh, my God. Is the door unlocked? So the door is is locked. I'll ask you, bang if it's for a yes. Is the door locked? Right, okay. Um, just wondering how we're going to get in. So we'll need to get police to get break into your property, okay? Right, why are you banging so heavy? Is that okay? Oh, oh dude. Bang for yes again. Are you able to go to your front door and unlock it? You are. Okay, well, I suggest you go to the front door. I suggest you go to the front door and unlock the front door. Can you do that? Knock for yes. Okay. We've got an ambulance on the way, all right? Good. Okay, we'll be there soon, all right? <laughs> that was the most <sighs> ooh I don't know if you're going to leave the audio in of us listening are you going to I'll leave it in <laughs> hold Cut. on let me see, let me count the words one for yes two for no that's six words yeah <laughs> that should have been up the first thing she said yeah yeah, <clears throat> because here's the problem with the way that they were doing it, is if he's not knocking... Hold on, no. <laughs> the rest of the episode, I'm going to communicate with you the way that she was just trying to, and at no point do you say one for yes, two for no, the way that a decent and intelligent human being would respond to this. <laughs> yeah, because if you're not knocking, if you're not knocking, you might be dead, correct? <laughs> and any <laughs> it's so <laughs> you're you're 100 correct because every time he wasn't knocking i was like oh he might be dead he might he might have just been dead <laughs> do you agree <laughs> i think ken's dead <laughs> oh 
Hey, Kent, though, I, I have a question for you. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> That's according to their call, no. <laughs> Do you want me to ask you this question? <laughs> this is going to be easier than this part. Have you heard of a guy? Have you heard of a guy named Kyle Spears? Okay, well, he's the sole male survivor on our $50 tier on Patreon. Every 20 minutes or so of every day, I have a tier 50 meeting on my front lawn. I put a sign out that welcomes all of the tier 50 people, and so far nobody has ever shown up. But yesterday at the tier 50 meeting, Kyle was like, hey, what's up with all these ladies, man? He, he was like, I'm the only dude here. And I was like, well, I'm a dude. And he was like, yeah, but you're not paying to be here. I was hoping to bond with some other dudes about things like grilling and the Utah jazz and stuff like that. And that's when the coven of our other 50 tier ladies began circling him. And I don't know if they smelled fear in the air and maybe Kyle still had some lingering scent of a fine smoky rib rub on his haunches, but they began circling. Tanya Dean was the first to lunge, weary from today being her 26th wedding anniversary. Happy anniversary. She came in for the kill, but was subdued by Kyle's basketball moves. He shucked. She jived. She broke an ankle, and he regained a standard Traeger stance. Brooke Shell was next to try and take down the sole male. She'd been... <laughs> this is so hard just by myself. <laughs> She'd seen him coming from a mile away since she'd been here for days in the yard and will be for many more days to come since she accidentally signed up for a whole year at the $50 tier. <laughs> We've been supplementing her with fruit snacks and root beer whenever the sprinklers aren't on in the front yard. Um, but Kyle barely missed her grasp, and, it's st and he's still in the yard fending off our tier 50 ladies. I'll have to get back out there in a second. Had to stop refereeing to come in and record. Also, Raya May told me she'd watch over the herd while I recorded, but I'm pretty sure that she's blocking the door right now because every time I try and open it, she just keeps asking me what the password is and then giving me hints that it has something to do with the character from The Witcher. And so I'm frantically watching the whole series while playing the game, trying to figure out how to get out of here and save Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of fun. This is also really weird to do a, 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 a dialogue show and then just have to do it on your own. So we're going to wrap it up. Um, Kent, I love you. <laughs> Hugs, everybody. Bye.